Some days are terrible, you wish that you were dead And some days are magical, like great banana bread Someday we'll be friends with the voices in our heads The voices in our heads Hello everybody, congratulations on not taking your own life Pew pew pew, it's Christina Hutchinson And this is The Voices in Our Heads And I am on one because I'm doing intermittent fasting. And that means you have an eight-hour window of eating. And I was supposed to eat yesterday from 12 to 8. But then, god damn it, you girl wanted a snack at 10. Well, at 9.30. And so now I can't eat until 2 today. And it's 1.13 p.m. And the I have to end this episode by 2. Because I'm going to, I have, there's a bag of antioxidant nut mix waiting (laughs) for me. I tell you, boy, I'll tell you, I, I talked about on guys who fucked how I'm trying to do the woman code protocol, uh, woman code protocol. And I'm, I'm, but I need to ease into it. She has this like really strict diet, you know, thing that is really helpful for your hormones. So I'm trying to purge myself of sugar, like added sugar, um, as much as I can. And so I would start every morning out for the last year and a half with a large chai latte with oat milk and an everything croissant from Black Star Bakery, which is, oh, I should not live near there. They they um, take all my money. By take, I mean I give it to them. I can hear you. Can I hear you breathing? Or is it something else? <laughs> no, that I heard, but that was like a little bit louder of the version. <laughs> like I can hear you breathing. I'll shut my mic off. <laughs> I'm pretty, yeah. Well, say, it, when you when you go back to edit the episode, see if you hear it. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is? Am I Helga Pataki on here, Arnold? I'm about to like punch somebody behind me. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I uh, I would start my day off with a large chai and a, and an everything croissant. I would go home and microwave it, and it was just so goddamn delicious and buttery. And it was such a joy to wake up and go. No, I was going to get that, but that's like 45 grams of added sugar that that I start my day off with. So so first things first, because I'm not a big eater, uh, but I do have a lot of added sugar in my diet. And so I cut that out. I cut the chai and the fucking fucking croissant ass as croissant out. <laughs> I quitting sugar like that. I'm, I'm eating fruit still, but not having that much added sugar in your life when you had it in your life. I'd rather quit Adderall 20 times and say, I'd rather quit smoking. I'd rather quit. I'd rather get addicted to heroin and then have to stop just when I was starting to love it, which is probably right away because apparently it's really good. Um, so I'm a little, I haven't eaten since last night and um, um, I'm wacky and I'm angry, like hangry, hangry. But there's this really cool thing that happens with intermittent fasting where if you do it for 16 hours, your liver I watched all these YouTube videos on it and I was really fascinated. I'm like, oh shit, more people should do this. This is like a really good thing for your body. Um, After 16 hours, your body starts to get energy from the fat cells that are already in your body. And that's when you get this burst of energy. So I'm, I'm 45 minutes away from being able to eat. And I will say the insane crankiness has subsided. Um, And now I'm kind of like chill. But even when I was cranky this morning and I was kind of crying because I was so frustrated because I was so hungry. Um, I was still really grounded. So that's cool. I got, I have a lot of mental clarity. 
um, even though I'm fucking starving and famished and no, I'm just, I'm so hungry. Um, I was listening to Rico Nasty on the way here, which she's, if you don't listen to her on, listen, go on Spotify or buy her stuff because then she'll probably get more money because the music industry is just awful. I was in a meeting last night about comedy stuff and there was like a term and a contract we were talking about and we were like, that's so unfair. And then I go, what is this, the music industry? Because they abuse their people. They're creative musicians. They get, you guys, I feel for you, singers, songwriters, my heart will, is with you because the music industry is not kind to you. And that fucking blows because there's a lot of y'all out there that are really talented that deserve the spotlight and don't have it. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, so Spotify sucks in that way, I guess. But Rico Nasty has this song that's just, she's so angry in her music. And I love, it's so relaxing to me. It's like, finally, so, so a chick who just steps into her anger. And just loves it and owns it and leads with it. And well, at least, at least she does with the song "Smack a Bitch." I love that song. Hey, I'm gonna have to smack a bitch today. Smack a motherfucking bitch today. Oh God, I love it. I was just screaming that song on the way here because I was so mad. Oh, I was so mad because um, I'm starving. I'm starving, and I'll be able to eat very soon. And just I'm staring at the bag of nuts, and it's oh, I'm gonna. I'm going to face fuck these nuts with my mouth. That's what face fucking means. You already knew that. Um, yeah. Oh, geez. The end. I keep getting sucked into more and more Instagram like black holes lately. It's happening to me a lot lately. And I usually am really good at not doing it. But the thing is, sometimes you come across an account that you're like, oh, shit, this is interesting. And then three hours later. Your legs are numb because you your elbows have been on your knees because you're sitting on the toilet because you were pooping and you started, you're like, well, this is good. Sometimes poops take long. So you're like, I'm going to look at interesting facts on Instagram. And then you didn't even wipe. You just sat there. You just sat there staring at the facts and looking them up. And then your legs are numb because you've been sitting on them. Um, so, yeah, uh, I've been getting a lot of Instagram black holes. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know if Instagram's doing something new. They always change their format, which I fucking hate. Let me let me see what what have I been looking at? Let me I'll give you a tour. Ugh, a lot of recipes for healthy food because you know what? Healthy food can be good. Oh, what was the moment? Oh, Belasco, that's an account I follow. What was the moment you just knew you had to break up with them? I love I love these posts. This girl says, "When I came home from a twelve-hour clinical and said, what should we have for dinner?'" And he said, "Why don't you open the fucking refrigerator and figure it out?" Oh. Oh, oh nope, that's not the wrong one. That's the wrong one. There we go. That's the right one. Fuck you, dude. Go fuck yourself, you fucking piece of shit. I'm so mad. And he said, oh, yeah, he said, why don't you open the fucking refrigerator and figure it out? I finally realized I needed someone who cared more about my well-being and didn't talk to me like that. Well, goddamn girl. That's great. This one girl goes, this comment section is just, wow, I'm proud of all the boys and girls who left their abusive partners. Why? Partners can be abusive, but the, they can also be very lovely. I don't really think I had an abuse. I've never had an abusive partner. Certainly not physical. Mental, you could argue, like gaslighty, but I feel like we we all kind of gaslight, you know? And yeah, yeah, it wasn't bad. One time my ex-boyfriend called me a bitch on a podcast and he he meant it. And I didn't do any, like I wasn't doing anything. Like I was actually being very kind and sweet and lovely. And he's like, he said something, he said something like, fuck you, bitch. 
And in front of my friend, Wendy, who was co-hosting the podcast with him. And I was like, what the fuck did you just say to me? Did you just fuck? Did you just say that to me? Did you just fucking call me a bitch like that? What? And then he edited it out of the podcast. You fucking pussy. You fucking pussy. Um, he knows what he did. Uh, but that was, you know, those were uh, when you're together with someone for seven years and they call you a fucking bitch once. That's not too bad, I guess. I probably called him names. Um, when he told me he was a Trump supporter, that's when I broke up with him. When I heard Billie Eilish sing, when I'm away from you, I'm happier than ever and realized that had been true for a long time. Oh, no, that sucks. Sometimes we're too comfortable with misery, y'all. If, you know, if we're just used to being treated like shit by our parents, that's usually where it starts, then that's our comfort zone. It's not that we like it. It's just that we're comfortable with it. I feel like our brains always try to get us to the comfortable place and we got to fight, 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 fight that. Just like me with the intermittent fasting and just like you with your boyfriend that punches you in the face. Get away, girl. Um, Those are two different things. Um, When he told me my life goals and dreams were too big for me, Oh, my God. It sounds like a country song. People still say that to each other. That's so fucked up. Telling me to give up on them. He insisted I'd be better off married to him and having kids. (laughs) 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 Fuck you, dude. When she put hands on me in front of her kid. Oh, yeah, that's fucked up, dude. I know a lot of dudes that have been hit by women. Hey, women, we can't don't hit. No one. No one hit. How about no one hit anybody? Okay, no one hit anybody because that's abuse. Um, When I couldn't get out of bed for two weeks due to an excruciating pain all over my body, like my blood was on fire. Oh, no, that sounds horrible. Was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. Bummer. And the nurse I was I was married to not only never checked on me once. Y'all, you were married to a nurse and you had fibromyalgia fibromyalgia, leaving me to crawl on my hands and knees just to use the bathroom, then told me it was all in my head. That was the final straw. Dude, gross. This girl goes, when did Belasco vibrator arrive in the mail finally? When my, oh, oh, she broke up with her boyfriend when her vibrator came in the mail. That's funny. When one time, when one of the tires of the car I was driving exploded while I was driving on a freeway, that is a terrifying situation. And I've mentally prepared for that situation since I was 15 years old and started my driver's permit because my dad told me I had to get used to that. And that was a very good piece of advice. Thanks, Dad. I was waiting for the tow truck and realized the thought hadn't even crossed my mind to call him. Sure enough, when I called and told him what happened, he wasn't concerned about my well-being. And that's a fucking scary thing to happen when your tire explodes on the highway. Not cute. Very very just traumatizing, I would probably say. He was upset his itinerary for the day had been disrupted. This girl broke up with her boyfriend when he cheated on me about five days after I'd given birth to our son. Because he, quote, has needs. And couldn't, and I couldn't help him while he was healing. This was after I actually excruciatingly painfully tried to sleep with him because I was afraid he'd leave me if I didn't. I was a dumb teenager that didn't know better. Oh, girl. Well, you know better now, and that's great. When his actions began to make me feel unsafe. Well, that's good. That's good. Yay. Good. Good, good, good. So, yeah, I've just been, so, like, that's an example. Like, I'll go on that account, and they'll ask interesting questions, and I'm like, what's everybody fucking saying on the question? And then 
I've pooped three hours ago, but I'm still on the toilet because I've been reading these comments. And then I've been imagining myself in the scenarios everybody else was proposing to see how I would handle it just because it's fun to sometimes do that. <laughs> um, I haven't eaten in 16 hours. Um, why, I don't, why? This is more of a question to, to whoever made me. Why is some of my hair on my head pubes? So I got a bottom row of hair here. I don't think you can see it. It's just pubic hair. It's the same texture of pu- of the pubes that I have on my head. Well, now my pubes are straight because I got them waxed. And I don't know how that happened, but uh, science, <laughs> it's weird. But I have a bot. my bottom row of hair is pubes. Why? I don't want that. Also, wasn't like that the whole time. Wasn't like that until two years ago. What I do? What did I do to you, God, that you had to give me pubes on my head? Also, the hair in my forehead is thinning. The hair by my neck thickening. We don't want that. It's the opposite. We're going to turn right around, Lord, and we're going to give me regular hair everywhere. Well, my hair is not regular, but, you know, these kind of curls that I have in the front part, we want more of those on the front part and in the back. No pubes. Thank you. I Sometimes I treat God, I don't know, the universe, like it's the Apple store and I'm at the Genius Bar and I'm like, can you fucking fix this, please? Fix it. I don't want pubes on my head. <laughs> Ugh. Also, now that we're, since we're sitting here with our gripes, why does my armpit hair grow? It, it'll grow in one day. It'll just grow back. And my head hair, it takes about six months to grow an inch. What? I don't want that. Also, if you're going to give me pubes in places that they don't belong, do the armpits and I could just shave them right off. Don't do the head. Oh, so cranky. I want to lash out. You know where I actually want to lash out? It, this is, and this is a different kind of cranky than road rage. This is a grounded cranky. This is a cranky that is not fueled by sugar. It's weird. I'm uncomfortable with it. I feel very awake. Very awake. I will say, when you cut that shit out of your diet, you wake up. And I've only been doing it for a couple of days. This has not been a long time. I'm like, wow, if I'm already feeling this, this is crazy. And a, a, almost every major religion has fasting in the religion. And there's all, you know, when I, you girls started looking down up videos on YouTube about fasting and the, the medical benefits, the mental and emotional benefits, there are so many. Uh, there's also woo-woo benefits, apparently. It's very spiritual to fast. And I'm like, well, sign me the fuck up for that. Can I get my Matilda powers now if I fast? I'm trying to force myself to do more things. This is 2024 is the year that I force myself to do things that I don't want to do, which has never happened. Never. If I don't want to do it, not doing it. Okay. But when the thing that I don't want to do is actually going to be good for me and very beneficial to my health, to my mental clarity, you know what? I'm going to fucking... My my inner twat, which runs the show a lot of the time, is going to take a back seat. You cunt. Take a back seat, bitch. Sit back there and relax, okay? And that it's, mm, it's just Christina versus Christina lately. I mean, it has been for a long time, but this is a different way. These are the parts of me arguing with each other because I'm refraining. Because as Pema says in How We Live is How We Die. Uh, refraining is a first step to courage. Oh, someone's been listening and it's me because I've been reading this book. (laughs) 
Um, but where I want to lash out most uh, with my anger, where I find it come up the most is the comment section on Instagram. On my posts. You fucking ass come to my Instagram page and you say rude things to me on my posts. I want to humiliate you in front of every crush you've ever had. That's what, that's how, that's how zero to hundred I go when I haven't eaten. I won't feel this way in an hour after I've eaten the nuts and the pear that I brought. But I, right now, fuck you. Okay. This girl, I, I posted a Taylor Swift joke that I did on my stand-up special, my stand-up comedy album, Good Girl Barbara, out now, wherever you get your comedy albums, which is in a lot of places. So figure it out. Uh, iTunes, just do that. And Spotify. I don't care. It's not about the money. Um, but I posted uh, one clip from it so far, and it was the joke about Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift thinks she gives great head, but it's actually just okay. Hilarious joke. I love Taylor Swift. She's great. She's cool. I don't like. I'm not a fan in the way that other people are fans, but I get it. Like, yeah, her her songs. I've jammed to them. I get it. She's a good, great songwriter. Um, but it's a funny joke. And then this bitch commented, "Wait, I'm gonna fucking read it verbatim." This fucking bitch. I love, I love this version of myself that I'm getting to know. Um, okay, what's this fucking cunt say? Oh, did she delete it? You fucking bitch. Oh my God. Oh no, she didn't delete it. Sorry, I called you a bitch for that. You're a bitch for other reasons. Um, Mrs. underscore buckles underscore. Yeah, I'll dox you. I don't give a fuck, bitch. I haven't eaten for 16 hours. Do you understand me? I don't give a fuck. Grains are off. She goes, kind of like comedians who think they tell funny original jokes. How about go fuck yourself, okay? How about I hope that you shart your pants in front of your crush? Hmm, how about that? How about I hope you get the flu? I don't want you to die from it. That's not, that's too much. That's too far, even for me. But I hope you get the flu when you have a first date that you're really excited about, but then the flu comes and sorry, bitch, you got to lay down. You can't go. And then he meets somebody else <laughs> and falls in love with her instead. <laughs> That's really cruel. But th- I mean it. I mean it. And you know what, bitch? I'm not going to mean it in 40 minutes when I eat these nuts. But I'm running on the fat cells in my body for energy and it sucks. And my fight or flight is actively kicked in because I'm fucking starving. So yeah, fuck you. Um... But yeah, and then I'm seeing posts. I'll see like an Instagram post about, you know, Julia Roberts posted this thing. Oh, it was really sweet. Poor Julia. I fucking love her. She doesn't she doesn't deserve to be on Instagram because she's better than that, you know. But God bless her for like being on Instagram anyway and like trying, you know. Um, she's she's so lovely. She posted a picture. Um, did she take it down? She might take it down, but somebody else reposted it. She posted a picture of her and her niece, Emma. Right. That's her niece's name. She's a great actress. She's so cute. Um, Playing cards at Julia Roberts house. And I don't know, they're drinking tea and playing cards. And it was a cute photo. And she posted it and she looked and then all these people in the comments were like, I can't believe you're such an old bitch. You age terribly. I don't even recognize you. And she was reading the comments because she's a human being. And she's like, what the fuck? This is a sweet moment for me and my niece. Fuck you. She didn't say that. I'm saying that. I'm saying whoever told Julia Roberts that she look old as hell, fuck you. Okay? The woman's 50 goddamn years old. Nay, 
She's at level 50. She made it to level 50. She's an icon. She was a pretty woman. She was pretty woman. Her hair is my hair. She's my hair idol. That doesn't matter to you, but it matters to me. And fuck you. So she posted this. And then she was like, and then she, it was a really like beautiful little, little, little thing she arrived at. She goes, I really, for the first time, like, I totally feel for the youth. I'm a human being. Of course, I'm going to get upset seeing these comments. I love myself. I'm sure of myself. I'm 50 years old. I know that. I'm aware. But like, ew, like she she hated the comments. She felt nasty and she felt bad about herself. And then she was like, I can't imagine being a teenager in this world today. And I'm like, girl, all right. If you're a teenager, listen to this. First of all, thanks. That's cool. You're a fucking cool teenager. Um, but also, I feel for you, boo. I so feel for teenagers having to go through life with social media because we're just nasty cunts to each other online because we have all these unresolved issues and we're just projecting. All we do, we project on each other, not online, but online is just, it's worse than, you know, the way I have road rage, there's, when I say, fuck you, you stupid cunt to a car that cut me off, I say it in my car, but if that person was in front of me, I would never say that. So part of the reason I'm saying is because I know they're not going to hear it because I don't want them to hear it. That's mean. But I'm mad. I got to put it somewhere. So I'll just put it to myself, you know, where it belongs. Um, But the Internet is that times a thousand. The Internet is like people have carte blanche. And I know I really do think you you dumb, sad fucks that comment on, on these posts, like telling Julia Roberts she looks old as hell. I know you wouldn't say that to her in real life. You wouldn't I because I know you're better than that. I don't know. I don't think if anybody would would be that rude. And if you were, I'd ask you if you had schizophrenia. People aren't that mean to people's faces. I mean, well, um, backtrack. They are. Um, But, you know, the people in the comment section saying nasty shit. I know you little pussy ass bitch wouldn't say that to my face. Mrs. Buckles, Mrs. Underscore Buckles underscore. I know you fucking wouldn't say that to my face. So why are you saying it online? Because you're a pussy ass bitch. That's what that is. Um, Hey, speaking of pussy ass bitches, it's time for a little fuck boy theater. (laughs) I get to eat my nuts soon. Soon I eat my nuts, but I cannot eat them now because I'm fasting and I want everybody to get punched in the face, but I won't punch them because I'm about to have nuts in 30 minutes, actually 26 and then my nuts will make me really happy. <laughs> okay, today's fuckboy theater. It's a dating app conversation between a beautiful, generous, philanthropic young woman and a piece of living garbage named Alex. No, Alec. Excuse me, Alec. Ooh, are you Russian? Cool. That might be the coolest thing about you is that your name's Alec with a K. Spell it right. <laughs> just kidding obviously um, okay <clears throat> let me get in the zone hello hey there baby mm, off to a bad start already how's it going you're sexy as fuck lol thanks into younger white boys he 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 emoji it's the one where the smiley face is blushing but he has his hand over his mouth so I say, call that the he 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 emoji. Also, repeat that again. Into younger white boys, he 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 emoji. Depends on how mature. LOL. 
how young do you like your men? And then she never responded to that. Mm, I wonder why. That's weird. That's, are you okay, lady? Why didn't you respond to that? And then he decides to double text and say, oh, hey there. He he emoji, he he emoji, put it twice. And then she didn't respond. And then he says, how's your booty doing today? And fuck yourself. Oh, wow. In the screenshot of that text, it said 456. And I just looked at the 56 and I was like, oh, my God, I can eat in four minutes. But it's fucking 136. Ugh. Um, it's Black History Month. And I love learning. I love when it's Black History Month because I love any month where uh, uh, a race of people can like celebrate their culture and celebrate their heritage. And then you learn about it and it's like, fuck, that's so cool. Um, but I love on Instagram Black History Month because uh, there's all these every year. There's just like people, black people who invented things or like started things. And I'm like, God damn, I had no idea. That's fucking awesome. And I just want, I love watching a group of people Love celebrating themselves. I think that's beautiful. The fucking um, Puerto Rican Day Parade. Oh, I love the Puerto Rican Day Parade. It's so cool. It's so fun because they're so proud to be Puerto Rican. I'm like, that's fucking awesome. And you and every culture has different food that you love and different ways of, of being and di- like dancing. And I just love it because white people, their culture. That's what that that's what that is. Do we have culture? No, no, not really. Not really. Um, but then I was I was looking up something because there's so many racist people in the world, uh, racist white people. And they're online. And they're fucking wilding out online. And I, I'm from Pennsylvania. I'm also from Virginia. And both of those states had Confederate flags. There was always a barn with a Confederate flag. And I always knew, I'm like, ugh, it's gross. Even before I knew exactly what that meant, the Confederacy is slavery like the people wanted the confederacy to happen because they wanted to keep slaves and i've and i've and i've done so many deep dives on it and i've read books on it and i've i've gone on youtube black holes i'm like yeah you can't say that that's not true it's just true and then there's just so many confederate flags man and i'm like ugh. and i i associate that with racism and and it's just like you dumb fuck stop like you know that this flag means racism to most everybody except you and uh and your probably your friends maybe your uncle definitely your uncle um and it's like why would you do that but then and, and they claim that people that have confederate flags i've heard them claim that it's pride in the confederacy and then i was like let me look up this stuff about the confederacy this is fucking embarrassing white people. Yet again, we're being embarrassing and being stupid. The Confederate States of America, commonly referred to as the Confederate States or the Confederacy or the South, (laughs) was an unrecognized breakaway republic in the southern United States that existed from February 8th, which is the day we're recording this. I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. February 8th, 1861 to May 9th, 18 fucking 65. The Confederacy was for eight from 1861 to 1865. And that tiny chunk of time where Southern people, Southern white people wanted slavery to keep being happening so that they can not work. 
That lasted for that long? And y'all are still proud of that? You stupid fuck. What? What? You dumbass. And I'm like, I wonder if anybody with the Confederate flag on their barn, do they know that? That your weak-ass little group only lasted from 61 to 65? Four fucking years. You dumb shits. What? How, how are there still flags? You weak pieces of shit. I'm so hungry. But that was, that's crazy. That's crazy. Um, cause I, cause I have lived in places. I've lived in the South. The, 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 uh, an admiration for the Confederacy is prevalent in the South. And then in Pennsylvania, Northern white trash people that have Confederate flags, that's a whole ass different brand of white trash, scary, racist white people. I don't like them. I'm scared of them. Uh, they, uh, they creep me out. Northern, northern white race. Uh, I mean, they're all awful, but like, Jesus Christ, it's a it's a specific. Pe- uh, and if you're from Pennsylvania, you know, I, I can feel you nodding in your car or doing your spreadsheets or on your treadmill because that is a se- northern. That's a, that's a its own breed of shit. <laughs> but I couldn't believe that. 1861 to 1865. Are you fucking kidding me? That's insane. That's insane. Um, and then there's all these videos, you know, um, I follow a lot of like black creators and uh, content makers. And this one woman, she was the one actually, she was the one who pointed out that people pleasing is manipulation. I talked about that on Guys We Fucked and I was like, oh, fuck. Because she was like, the day I started people pleasing was the day I realized that it was a form of manipulation. And I was like, oh, my, you just got me to stop doing that, too. Thank you. Um but she was saying she was posting a video about people in her comments when she talks about race, all these stupid ass white people are like, I love your page, but why do you have to make everything about race? And she was explaining, she was like, do you understand that I would prefer, I would love to not make everything about race, but the people that make everything about race is because the white people, it's a white people. And I'm like, yeah, because the, they're the systems of like, go look up home loans, go look up black people being able to get home loans in the United States of America, go look up the history of that and go, Oh, wow. That is fucked. Okay. There's just so many systems in place. That's why when people say systematic racism, it makes total sense. If you look up why that is, there are systems in place to make sure that black people don't thrive. It's just, that's just, that's what it is. And so every, so I remember when, when Black Lives Matter reemerged during the pandemic and, uh, I was looking at videos like this and that concept was communicated uh, through a video I was watching. I was like, oh, fuck, that is so true. And I never thought about it like that because I'm a white person. I didn't think about it like that. And I'm like, okay, I got to go tell white, you got to tell white people, like white people, you got to stop doing that. You got to stop saying, stop making everything about race. Just don't say it. Okay. Just stop. Like if you have the desire to say that, stop. You're wrong. Just know you're wrong. It's okay. It's okay to be wrong. But figure it out and then don't be wrong after that. Okay. But white people, you got to stop. Don't, don't, don't ever say, don't make it. Why is this always got to be about race? Because you are looking like an absolute fucking idiot when you say that. I promise, I promise you. Oh, I promise you so hard. I promise you harder than I want those nuts that you are, you are coming across as an absolute fucking moron when you say that. Okay. And we're all. We all come across as morons when we say things. And then as we live, hopefully we live our lives. Maybe somebody points it out to us if we're lucky 
Or maybe we see a video on Instagram that says, hey, when people say this, it's fucked up. And this is why. And you're like, oh, word. I'm going to stop saying that now. Got it. Thank you. Aye, aye, Captain. Sorry. I've been saying it and I'm going to stop saying it because I didn't know why I was that. I didn't know why it was bad. But guess what? Now you do. My Angelou, when you know better, you do better. So let's do better. White people. Stop saying that. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's I'm going to do one last reading from this book. I'm just going to read a couple pages. Oh, this chapter is only a couple pages. Sweet. It's four pages. That book that I'm talking about, of course, is How We Live. It's How We Die. Ugh. Well, that was a gross one. Oh, my God. This woman DM'd me on Instagram and she said she was saying How We Live is How. She was like repeating the title of the book, How We Live is How We Die. And she, and then her, to her husband or something and her baby was like thought it was hilarious. She thought it was so funny. So she sent me a fucking voice memo of her baby laughing at her saying it. And I'm going to play it. Hopefully she doesn't care. How we live. It's how we die. That's so sweet. That's so sweet. That's so lovely. It's so great. It's so lovely. That made me so happy. I'm going to cry. I haven't eaten in fucking 18 years. Um, yeah, that was really sweet. So yeah, how we live. How we live is how we die. <laughs> that was a terrible one. Elle gave me the willies. Sorry to all the British people. Not sorry. Okay, I'm just going to... This is the last chapter I'm going to read from this book because I'm done with the book. I'm done. I'm done. I feel like I communicated what I needed to do. Um, this is chapter 21. It's called Heart Advice. Oh, that's cute. Never underestimate the power of warmth right at this very moment and when we die. And when we die. Because how you live is how you die. If you live warm, you'll die warm. You won't need a blanket. In particular, there are two kinds of warmth that softens us up and makes us more decent loving beings. Well, I'm on board for that, goddammit. One is the warmth of kindness and extending ourselves to others, thinking of them rather than remaining completely self-centered. And that feels good as hell, gotta say. Feels good. The other is the warmth of devotion, love for one's teachers, those who have shown us the truth. Both uh, both come from the warmth of the heart. Both make our lives deeply meaningful. Both bring down the barriers between ourselves and others. The warmth of kindness to others is easy to understand and generally not controversial. And if you think it's controversial, why don't you go fuck yourself? Those were my words, not Pema's. We may feel caught up in our own ego trips, like all the people that comment on Instagram rude things and they should go fucking get diarrhea in front of their crush. But still, we want closeness with others. We want to bring down those barriers and feel an outflow of tenderness and caring. We aspire to awaken the compassionate heart of bodhicitta. I only pronounce that right because I've read the audiobook, listened to it, and have it flourish. Fortunately for all of us, certain teachings and practices can help us do just this. So I hope Mrs. Buckles underscore Buckles, whatever the fuck ass your name is, I hope you're listening to this, bitch. Respectfully, not really. A practice like Tonglen, for instance, supports the flourishing of bodhicitta. For centuries, ordinary, confused people like you and me have been drawn to these teachings and practices and have devoted time and effort to making them an organic part of our actions, words, and thoughts. Girl, yes, I am. Thank you. With their actions, they manifest caring and concern. With their speech, they manifest non-aggression. One day, baby. One day. One day I'm going to do that. And open-heartedness. I already got that down. 
Even their minds gravitate more naturally towards thinking of others' benefits. They've uncovered qualities that have always been there, qualities that are our birthright. This description, of course, presents the ideal, but all of us can move in this direction as our genuine concern for the welfare of other beings grows. Caring about people, y'all. It's what's for breakfast. What's for breakfast in the Hutchinson household is fucking nothing because I haven't eaten yet. But I'm telling you, you can't go wrong. Like That's why I'm saying like, if you're really depressed, you're having a mentally hard time, go volunteer. Go volunteer at a place where you're not going to like, you know, cry. You know, like maybe certain volunteer places you don't want to be like crying at. Um, but it's going to completely like doing a good thing for another person or other people. It just it makes you feel like a person. It it builds your sense of self-esteem and it means a lot to other people. You fucking asshole. A surprising number of people are training exactly like this. Falling down frequently, learning from their mistakes, and continuing forward step by step, inch by inch, to uncover the warmth of bodhicitta. <laughs> That's not how you're supposed to say it, but I just added the flair, because why not? To the degree that our heart has opened in life, to that degree it will open at death. Girl, I'm going to be wide open when I die. I can't fucking wait. In this way, when we move through the bardo of dying and beyond, we will automatically think of others. I don't know about that. I mean, maybe I will, but I'm just going to be thinking, wee, this is so cool. Instead of our heart contracting in the bardo, it will expand. We may get captured by fear and start to withdraw into ourselves, but then, because of our former practice, we'll naturally pull ourselves out of the tailspin. We'll look around to see who is there with us and we'll wonder what they are going through. Since a positive state of mind is so important at death, which is, think of all the people that don't die with that. I mean, Christ almighty, think of the people currently dying in wars that are happening right now. Ugh. A positive state of mind. I don't. I. I mean, I maybe there's some people, some of those people that are Buddhist as fuck and that are really good at accepting death. Um, I'm sure there are. I'm sure they exist. But like, th- there's so many people that die in a, in a negative state of mind, and that's that's gotta suck. And in the Bardos, this open heartedness towards others will make for a peaceful and positive journey. And that's all I want in my life. It will provide the perfect causes and conditions for awakening at any point during the in-between stage between death and birth. Ooh, cool. That part's going to be fun, I bet. Unlike the warmth of kindness, the warmth of devotion to a teacher can be surprisingly difficult for many of us to even consider, let alone embrace. I mean, I'm just thinking of how I wanted to fuck my English teacher when I was in eighth grade. He didn't want to because he's not a pedophile or a hepophile, technically. For some, the mere word devotion can be unsettling, particularly when connected with spiritual teachers. This is because in modern times, too many teachers have actually harmed their students. That's true. And betrayed their trust. Mm, Very true. Got to talk about it. A lot of people molesting. And yet, believe me, devotion to an authentic teacher who only cares for your benefit is magical. I have those teachers in my life. I have a couple, I'm very lucky. I have a couple of those teachers in my life um, that I just love who have shown me the way. And they're all women and they're all around my mom's age. And it's really nice to like trust a woman my mom's age, you know? To quote, mm, don't know this one, Rinpoche, something Rinpoche. <laughs> no disrespect, sorry. It is a key that unlocks the doorway to the most profound experiences of the mind. Really? Huh, that's interesting. Sometimes we are fortunate enough to meet people who appear to live fully in nowness. Yeah, they're called kids. People who resonate deeply with the openness of our own being. That's true. That I have met some of those people. It's pretty cool. I have met enough of these people to know that even thinking of the them connects me with open awareness, with the awakening nature available to all, yet recognized by relatively few. 
This recognition of our nature is precious and miraculous. As I've often heard, what we seek is already ours. Oh, I love that for us. What we seek, you okay? What we seek is already ours. Well, shit. I seek food. I already got it. But it's not in my mouth hole yet because I'm fasting. Ultimately, there's only one teacher. Mind's true nature. When I connect with this, it feels like I'm connecting with my deepest potential. And I got to be honest, didn't, I mean, I didn't mean to connect these, but that's why I'm fasting. It's so good for your brain, even though it makes me want to punch a cunt. Um, it's really good. It's really healthy for you. This is why I feel boundless gratitude to all the teachers who have introduced me to the nature of mind and to the sacredness of the world and its beings. Real devotion, it seems to me, is open-hearted receptivity to things just as they are. Ooh, I love that. Let's read it again for the people in the back and me because I'm hungry and I kind of forget it. Real devotion, it seems to me, is open-hearted receptivity to things just as they are. Well, goddamn, Pema, you're making me think that how we live is how we die. When I met the bear in the woods and began chanting, Oh, money, pad me, hum, I was, wasn't calling on an external deity to save me. Oh, she told a story earlier about that. But rather making a connection with the compassionate blessings that are always available to that bear and to me. Because, yeah, that bear's feelings too, bitch. Not her. I'm not calling anybody a bitch. I'm calling, well, I'm calling you a bitch. Uh, so whether it's today or when I've died, I know that calling to my teachers or to the wisdom figures like Quan Yin or not going to try to pronounce that long one is really opening myself to a source of blessings inseparable from my own basic nature. Well, that sounds nice. It's opening to that part of my nature beyond propensities or clashes or any style of self-centeredness. This is, without a doubt, a heartfelt, sublimely connected experience. For me, it's an experience of devotion. This devotion is not mindless adoration. Oh, because I got a lot of mindless adoration. Or idealization of a specific person like Beyonce. Yet it's connected with remembering specific teachers and what they've shown me. When I've walked, honestly, though, Beyonce is one of my teachers. Because that woman shows me grace like I've never seen it. And hard work and professionalism and talent and working on your craft and doing things that you don't want to do because you want to have a connection with your fans and give them the best experience of their life. When I walked the plank in that virtual reality experiment, oh, I've done that before, it was uh, it was devotion that enabled me to jump. After an extended period of terror, I thought that, that of Trungpa Rinpoche and heard his unmistakable high-pitched voice say, you can do it. That's all it took to connect me with my innate courage. Now and in the bardo, I know that warmth is the key. Warmth is the key, y'all. Thinking of the welfare of others, like Mrs. Buckles, and opening my heart to the blessings of my teachers. Miss Buckles is not my teacher. Although, you know what? According to Pema, she is my teacher because I want to punch her in the face or I want her to get diarrhea in front of her crush or get the flu before she would go on a date with somebody and then he falls in love with somebody else. That's not nice. To think, so maybe that this woman that made that mean comment, wasn't that mean, um, made a comment about my joke. Uh, maybe she's my teacher. You know what? She is my teacher. Sorry, girl. Sorry I said mean things about you. I don't take them back because that's what I felt in the moment. Um, but you're my teacher. I put trust in these two wondrous methods. Guys, that was it. That was the chapter. And that was how we live. It's how we die. And it's 155. How long have I been going, Michael? 43 minutes? Four, yeah, 43 on the nose. I'm so psychic. 
because I can't do math quick. So, you know, I didn't subtract those numbers. Um, that's amazing. That's exactly the time I wanted to do. And I'm going to stare at these nuts for five minutes. I'm going to go change to my sweater because I got to film the next episode, next week's episode. So if something crazy happens, you know, if Tom Cruise like kisses me on the mouth or something, I'm not going to be around to comment it here on this podcast because I'm going away to Los Angeles. Oh, by the way, dude, Los Angeles, Valentine's Day. We added a late show. Uh, we're performing at 8 p.m. and at 10.30 p.m. Uh, at the Comedy Store, main room. Um, you should come. It's going to be the best night of your life. And our titties are going to be out. And our minds are going to be open. And our hearts are going to be pulsating. Um, okay, I love you. Bye. <laughs>